Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is a Tuesday here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and we that means that we are welcoming our friend Brian Munson of Husker Online. Uh, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Enjoying the weather. Yeah, it's uh, it warmed up. The sunshine is out. What is going on? That is good news. Here in Lincoln, it's a bit windy. Very still windy. got wind, Brian. It's driving me crazy. Well, the wind is a the wind's a constant. So let's just go ahead and just. It's just it's like gravity. It, it, you're yeah. in Nebraska, so gravity and wind are constant, but <laughs> the sunshine isn't always. So let's go ahead and enjoy it. And uh, obviously, coming off the, the the spring game, that's uh, that's what we're all jacked about after watching the spring game. What was your biggest takeaway from it? Did you determine any starters or decide who's going to be the next All American at Nebraska? Yeah, pretty pretty difficult set of of circumstances there, guys, mm-hmm. to kind of come away with anything concrete about it. Yep. Um, you know, there was limited reps for starters. You had the two-hand touch the first half. You, you finally go live the second half. You start seeing a little bit more physicality up front. The running guy, running game kind of takes off a little bit. Because guys like Yant, that's, you know, two, two-hand touch is not their style. So what were my takeaways? Um, I thought that Purdy, you know, stood out uh, as far as the quarterbacks were concerned. Um, I, I, I thought Heinrich threw pretty well. I know that last pass people will be critical about him because it was an interception, but – uh, look at the personnel that were on the field, and I think that that route wasn't ran as crisp as a. I think it was a comeback. It looked like it should have been a comeback, and the and was easily jumped. So, I, I felt like those two guys stood out. Look, I mean, you have to say what you want to say here, but you know, Anthony Grant needs whether he should have been down based on the two hand touch behind the line of scrimmage or the fact that he was able to kind of get loose there. I mean, he may not have that top fifth gear to kind of go down the sideline with, but he's certainly very quick getting through the hole. And he was very fun to watch. Um, A.J. Rollins, I thought, looked like he had been putting some time in in, in the weight room a little bit. Um, uh, I, I thought, you know, between him and Borkature, they did, they made the most out of they could with the, the tight end time that they had been, you know, given this spring, which was a huge opportunity for all of them. Garrett Nelson, that probably should have been the first guy out of my mouth. Um mm-hmm. Garrett, Garrett looks ready. Uh, there was a lot of things about his technique, some things that he have, has been doing a little bit differently to drop his hips, to get underneath there, to, to change the angles with the offensive tackles. It'll help him uh, tremendously when it comes to, uh, to this fall. Um, I thought the inside linebackers. I thought the inside linebackers as a whole played very, very well. And there's some young guys in there. There were some young dudes playing inside linebacker, and I thought that they played good as a, as a, as a unit. Brian, I want to touch on Chubba Purdy. You mentioned him. We have a couple people around the station. I'm not going to name any names, but they liked what they saw from Chubba Purdy. Said they wouldn't be surprised if he was the starter come the Northwestern game. Where are you at with that declaration? That's a tough one. Um, you know, Chubba, his his issue, of course, the, the number one ability of any player, particularly when it comes to this offseason workout stuff, is availability. And he wasn't very available this spring he he was hurt he was dinged up it really took away from it, the 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 quarterback competition and bringing in two uh transfer portal quarterbacks was really very anticlimactic because of that reason um if chubba really wants to get serious about about really making things a competition because i think that the door is open particularly based on like how 
you know, Scott Frost kind of dodged the question about the starting quarterback at the end of the mm-hmm. spring game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's an opportunity. I mean, first of all, I thought his athleticism popped out, popped out to me on, on, on film. Um, during the game, I thought that he threw the ball incredibly well. Uh, it looks like he just needed to get available and he would have had a chance for a few, a few better reps. If look, there's a lot of things that I think that could potentially happen at that spot at quarterback. Um, I think unseating Thompson right now, at least for the season opener would be a difficult thing to do. I think he's just kind of strangleholded it, uh, even with just the, the side of the leadership, maybe not necessarily like command of the offense or being like the, the, the bet, the best guy to kind of go out there and just kind of, you know, throw it around. I think he can manage it. And I think he's got some, some leadership components, things kind of going for him. But I think winning the job for Northwestern will be hard for Chuba right now. And of course, part of the, the spring game that was, uh, you know, big was they had a lot of high profile recruits and some for the future, some that could help right away. Where's Nebraska looking at, you know, usually sometimes you'll see a few commitments after the spring game. Where's Nebraska looking um, following their, their, their spring game visits? I was a little bit surprised too, that there was, you know, so many guys that were in town this weekend and there were no commitments. Um, it, it's, um, there are a few new offers. Obviously, Nebraska, I think, put themselves in position to get some get some guys back on campus um, later on, either in terms of the uh, unofficial visit and, the, and that route or going the official visit route. Like, there were guys like King and Lee and um, a couple of other Georgia guys that were talking about. Oh, Barry Jackson uh, was another one, uh, was talking about, you know, getting back for two different times. Like, they were talking like, yeah, I'm going to get back this summer. And then I think I'm going to set my official visit up for Oklahoma. Oh, wow. So you got two guys, you got a guy coming back twice from Georgia. Things sound pretty positive. Like when it comes to those kinds of things, um, I, I thought it, what was a really interesting perspective for me? Cause I mean, I, when I saw the, the stands and the fact that they weren't completely full, but you know, for the most part for a spring game, that's really good attendance, 50,000 plus, um, I know there were a lot of disappointed people. I know it was one of those things that was going around social media about how bad the stadium looked because there were, you know, empty seats in the in the building and whatever. All of the recruits, every single one of them, was blown away that Nebraska could put 50,000 people into the stands for a spring game. Um, at least all the ones that I spoke to, and I probably spoke to 15 or more of them this weekend. Yeah. And I think it's just about the lens because a lot of those guys – you know, they're going to other spring games around the country and there's maybe 5,000 fans showing up in those other stadiums. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to some games in some stadiums. that are not pulling in 20,000 fans. Yeah. Um, so that's tough. But, but Nebraska fans have to realize where the standards are kind of at in Nebraska by comparing it, comparing it across the board nationally. So very, very good overall. No commitments. Very surprising. Few new offers. But uh, I think Nebraska's ready to kick back off and, and get things busy in June. And I, I know Sean Mathis did announce that he's going to uh, make his an- announcement by the end of the month. Doing so, coming off the spring game, uh, do you read into that as being a good thing, or do you think that was either way, this is just kind of how it's been planned? I think it has to be interpreted as a good thing. Um, first of all, I give Nebraska basically a shot with anyone if you take, they take a visit there. Uh, and he came with 10 family members. Um, he looked like he was having a fabulous time. He was getting a chance to, to, you know, rub elbows with Jason Peter and Trev Alberts. And of course he met, you know, the rest of the coaching staff. And I'm sure that they had a great opportunity to talk to him about how he was going to fit in and, 
you know, what it could look like, you know, with him and Tanner and, and Nelson all down there on the on the field and what they could kind of do together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this that, that's a significant announcement. I think it's going to be going to really come down to Nebraska and Texas. I mean, you got to remember where Manor, you know, Texas is at. That's basically in Austin's backyard. So it's a tough pull, but I think that as Nebraska, you know, as they do so famously, they're going to make this tough for the guy to stay home. Uh, and, and that is that, you know, they can put together uh, quite a quite a little bit of a, um, a presentation to talk about how things could be if, if he goes there as opposed to just the straightforward, in-your-backyard, safe choice as opposed to what could have the most potential for you. I think Nebraska always does a really good job uh, when, when they have a chance to kind of frame it up that way. Brian, Bach and I talked about this during the pregame, and we had some some mixed emotions. Um, the, the two biggest names on campus were probably O'Shawn Mathis and Dylan Riola. Obviously, yeah. long-term, Dylan Riola, the bigger get, the bigger recruit. At this point in time, knowing where the fan base is, knowing where the program is, knowing where the coaching staff is, who do you think would be the bigger get right now? Mathis, 100%. Um, and, and that's not throwing shade, obviously, to Rayola. Rayola is, you know, four-star according to rivals and five-star according to everybody else on, on some people's networks, you know, number one player in the nation. And uh, I think that those there's some things that are out of skew there that will get back to being a little bit more harmonized and, and more similar, you know, as, thing, as time kind of goes on. But uh, to all the points that you mentioned about where the coaching staff is at, what this team really needs to, to kind of, you know, Talk about the things of the of the team needs immediately right now in the room on the roster. Mathis is needed. You 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 have a quarterback that's two years away from from showing up. If he decided to commit, it would be huge news, mm-hmm. enormous news. What happens tomorrow if there's changes in the coaching staff? It's 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 not even it's not even going to be a possibility to kind of keep a guy like that you know uh, on the commitment list. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that Nebraska has. People have to feel good, though, still that Dylan Rayola was in town. They have to feel good about, you know, the fact that dad played there, that uncle is there, that things are going so well that they're able to get him to come to Lincoln. Uh, I don't know how many times it's been now. It's been at least three, if I can recall. Um, so I, I, I think Nebraska fans still should feel good about both. But Mathis, to me, uh, if you had to make the choice, for you, you do it for the immediate uh, value of Mathis. Now I, I saw today that uh, that on three has an NIL valuation of over two million dollars now for Arch Manning. I suppose he's the perfect recruit, right? I mean, he's a quarterback recruit with the Manning name that's at the top of the board. But I mean, are we going to look at at two million dollars for the top guy in ten years and think that 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 was cheap, that was a bargain, or where's this thing going? Well, I mean, some of the numbers that I've heard uh, over the weekend indicate that. Uh, Dylan Riola is, if not, you know, if he's not already there, he's well on his way to being a seven figures guy. Mm. Um, so he's really, really, really closing in on it. Um, and he's got a little bit of a name. It's not, it's not Mr. Buick. It's not Mr. Progressive or whatever the other insurance companies are that all those guys <laughs> are doing and doing commercials for, you know, not to mention, you know, just with having a, a couple of successful uncles that when it came to playing the game, um, it's it, obviously I think Arch Manning has got so much going on for him when it comes to skill level and the name and everything else that can kind of go into it. But 
Dylan Dylan Ayola uh, is is not the kind of throw your nose up at because, like I said, it was it was well high into the six figures and really closing in on seven from what I could hear. Brian, I kind of want to go off of that too. So I, I would say Arch Manning and Ryola are probably the first two classes that, since the day that you step into high school and these college programs are talking to you, NIL is going to be part of the discussion. They're the first couple classes that get that. Is that going to have some type of impact on the field? Or is that kind of too much for a 14, 15-year-old kid to process? Um, yeah, good question. Um, it's Look, you, what you really hope happens here is that you don't salvage, you know, your your future for the, the four to five years. Because people have to remember with NIL, it's still – very performance based. You know, you saw what happened with yours when he left Ohio State, giving back the truck lease. You know, you're living high on the on the on the cow for a little while, then all of a sudden, you know, the rug gets pulled up underneath you, you gotta get the stuff back. Yeah, you're gonna get it back in Austin. But it's it's only for that moment and you gotta hold up your end of the bargain. Um so all that stuff is really really performance driven kind of thing. So you hope now as kind of these this new added factor of choosing the right school, NIL is going to play a role, uh, particularly if you're somebody like Manning, somebody like Rayola, somebody that's a top 100 type of player, they're going to have to bring that into the equation somehow because even if you're a full scholarship guy, there are expenditures. There are things that cost money. There's things. There's a future to kind of plan on. If you can make seven figures right now, you know, you're setting yourself up to potentially who cares what even happens in the league if I can go ahead and put this kind of money away. Um, so, yeah, there's there, there needs to obviously be the paying attention to what's going on right now and thinking about still where the best place is for me and what could lead to me lead, lead me to even more money you know, beyond what my NIL ex- expectations are when it comes to choosing this school for that immediate type of benefit. He is Brian Munson of Husker Online. We have him every Tuesday. Before we let you go, one final question. I saw Bo Pelini, former Husker coach, tweeted out that he's thinking about starting a podcast after he's uh, been on the Will Compton podcast a few times. If you had a 30-minute sit-down with, with Bo, would you, would you be a guest? Would you, would you do it? Uh, I, I probably would. Um, I, there's, there's many things I'd love to talk to him about, obviously, with his time still in Nebraska and the players that, that meant the most to him while he was there. And how difficult it was to square up against him when he was at, at OU. I think there's many questions I could come up with off the top of my head. I mean, tough, tough, tough question to answer without a lot of time to think about it. I, I definitely think I would want to be a guest or – or turn the turn the chair around and at least throw him a few questions too to get his answer. Yeah, I was gonna say the interviewing part is easy and there's a lot of questions for him. But if he's interviewing you, who knows what's coming out? You know, <laughs> first five minutes, sure. But you know, fifteen minutes in, who knows what Bo's asking you? <laughs> he's he's got one of those stares too that you don't forget for a long time. <laughs> That's so I right. can just about imagine that coming from around the microphone right at you. <laughs> I can imagine it getting pretty awkward. But uh, in any case, I hope to, I hope he gets a podcast. I'd definitely listen. Uh, that'll wrap it up for our interview here with Brian Munson of Husker Online. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Be good, guys. We'll see you. All right, there he goes. We got him on every Tuesday, as long as it fits into his schedule. Excellent and very informative, uh, especially for the recruiting portion. So, uh, very exciting stuff. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about ESPN's best running backs of all the last 60 years, is I think how they did it. Top 100. A lot of Huskers in there. 
Uh, some of them omitted. You might be upset. In fact, you will be upset. I know you guys. You're Husker fans. Uh, let's uh, do that next here on the Ticket Water Cooler here. Or, excuse me. Yeah, the Ticket Water Cooler brought to you by Colgan Water. <laughs>